Coming up on Tech News Today, Amazon's Android tablet is coming. 4G becomes meaningless, but fast wireless is rolling out all over. And how to ditch Netflix. Plus, Joe Bias tips us off to some breaking news in the middle of the show. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Wednesday, July 13th, Wednesday the 13th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Slingbox, which just turned your iPad into a television. Slingbox introduces their iPad app, so now you can watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you take it. Check it out at Best Buy or Slingbox.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Aya Zaktar. I'm Jason Howell. And very happy to have along with us today, Jason Heiner, Editor-in-Chief of Tech Republic. Hey, Jason. Hey, glad to be here. Nicely framed with your Tech Republic logo there in the video. What are those snowboards behind you? Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. What's on the What's on the wall behind you? But behind the oh, oh, those are just badges. Oh. That's, that's the uh, all, badges. all the badges. That's yeah. the required conference badge collection that all good tech journalists must have. Yeah. So some, colorful. I thought yeah. you were in a ski lodge. <laughs> I know that would have been actually a little cooler, right? <laughs> Not quite as nerdy, but oh well. Well, let's start off with a good nerdy rumor. Wall Street Journal uh, reporting that Amazon is going to release an Android tablet this fall. Uh, Amazon will also refresh the Kindle reader with two new versions in the third quarter. So we're expecting an Android tablet nine inches before October, uh, cited by the uh, the often cited people familiar with the matter, according to Wall Street Journal. Those guys are good. Uh, and the uh, tablet will not have a camera, but will work with Amazon's video, music, and eBooks. Then the Kindle will become a touchscreen device uh, as well as a second non-touchscreen but cheaper version of the current Kindle. So the, this is this looks to be the layout for the Amazon strategy. The Barnes & Noble Nook is currently hot. Everybody, it's like top of the gadget want list. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's the top selling e-reader out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, everybody but Amazon says it's the top selling e-reader out there. Uh, but the, this, this is their response to that. The, the thing about the Nook is that you can root it. It's Android. You can actually put freaking honeycomb on there or gingerbread. Yep. Uh, so is this going to be enough? Amazon coming out with a 9-inch Android-based tablet? What else does it have to be in order to steal the thunder back? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. No, I think yeah. the, the real integration has to be Amazon's video on demand services, their ebooks, their music. They have all that, those services, and they've been holding back forever for things like regular Android devices and holding back on iOS. Once they have their own tablet with their own bunch of stores, that always seems like that's a killer combination because they have that all built in, they have one click. That, that probably will make this uh, really important for a lot of people. Yeah, people love Amazon for things other than books. So if they have a tablet that I helps... I buy shampoo there. Well... I don't think that applies to my tablet. I have used Amazon's video... Um, for the shampoo. Uh, uh, on demand. Works really well. I'd love to have that functionality I'm in a tablet. I'm currently watching Breaking Bad from the Amazon video on demand store. Are you? Yeah. Instead of iTunes. Over Roku. Interesting. Yeah. Jason, what it, do you think? What, are the, what do you think Amazon has to do? If this is $400 or less, I predict it will run away with sort of the number two slot in tablets. It'll be by far be the best selling tablet. You mean tablet behind the iPad? Behind the iPad, right? Nobody's going to get to the iPad. iPad's going to sell something ridiculous like 40 or 50 million this year. Um, but this thing could easily sell a couple million, you know, two to five, two to four, maybe. Um, I, the, um, the thing that the Nook has going for it is price. I mean, it, it two hundred and fifty bucks, and you you can root it, and or, or even it can be. It's sort of a decent tablet on its own with some of the things that they've done. Um, just nobody's gotten the price right on the the Android tablet thing. You know, it's just like everybody keeps releasing one, and it's just like next, next. You know, that they just can't get it right, and mostly um, it's on price. Uh, so. I think this has great potential. It's the only one that can play in the entertainment tablet game uh, against Apple. Uh, then that's what a lot of these other ones are, are really missing. Uh, and a little bit because of Android um, 
and the game, the gaming uh, factor, it can play in that as well. Uh, and they're curating their own their own app. So yeah, this thing has great potential if the price is right. Big advantage Amazon has is the store, is is, mm-hmm. is the the content that they have access to. The, do you think it would be a mistake, Jason, for them to split the difference between the Nook and the iPad? Should they go one direction or the other? Because like you said, the thing about the Nook is the price, and it has some apps, even if you don't root it, so it can do a lot of things, but it isn't as fully functional as a full-on tablet. Should Amazon just go full-on tablet and take on the iPad? No, I, I don't. I, I think that that's still kind of a losing proposition. Uh, the The thing that that Apple has going for it is just this massive ecosystem of, of stuff that's built in. There just aren't that many good tablet apps on, on Android yet. So I, I just don't think it can totally uh, it can totally compete, but uh, it does have the entertainment infrastructure. If it goes cheaper, it could steal some iPad sales, uh, no doubt, and it could pick up the sales the people who you know like the iPad but just aren't going to spend five hundred bucks. And to Jason's point about pricing being really important, I mean Amazon has shown by doing partnerships with like having advertising on their devices, they can subsidize that cost. This is something Apple is not willing to do, and other tablet manufacturers haven't done. But Amazon could do that with their media tablet and go, hey, look, you can buy this completely for 500 bucks or you can get it subsidized with ads yeah i think mm-hmm. I, I think two ni- i think they could even outprice the nook they could go 299 or maybe do is subsidize with ads uh like they've been doing with the current kindles and go uh and and get people to buy it because it's amazon because of the the the, the fact that you've got more content you've got more more oomph behind it but i think they'd have to play in that ballpark i don't think they could, i don't think they could play with the ipad yet either i don't think they would ever make the mistake of trying to price competitively with the ipad or trying to compete on features with the iPad. Well, I just don't think that the, I don't think there's any way that they're going to price it anywhere around the iPad. They're going to have to go. They're going to have to go lower. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think that they could outprice the Nook and still do okay because of their brand recognition. Maybe so. Yeah, and and I, I as you make a really good point about the, the ad supported. Maybe we'll see an ad supported Android tablet for one ninety nine or something. I mean, the Who thing knows? is, I mean, the, yeah. The, the other yeah. rumor in this is that the Kindle is going to be uh, refreshed and it's actually going to be cheaper. I mean, I think the lowest priced Kindle is at one fourteen. I'm thinking this is finally the ninety nine dollar e reader that everyone's going to end yeah. up buying. So. I think that they're, they're going to do this. They're going to be pretty good in the uh, e-reader market again, and that tablet's going to be something else. PayPal introduced a new money transfer widget today at the Mobile Beat Technology Conference in San Francisco, uh, today being Wednesday. It allows for money transfers between two NFC-enabled phone holders. Now, there's no point-of-sale system yet. This is just for personal transactions between two people who happen to have Nexus S phones. Because, because that's the only <laughs> phone that supports in yeah. the U.S. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but they... they they demonstrated it, and, and it, you kind of have to do a little bump thing. You, you essentially, like, you request the money, you bump, the other person gets the request, and then sends the money. I love this idea, but I I think that person to person, you know, if IAS owes me, I don't know, $20 for, you know, the whatever, the concert tickets that I got him, and it, this is a very simple way for us to exchange money and at whatever point that NFC rolls out to more phones, we both have it and we use it, that's great. That kind of thing happens every so often, right? Point of sale at a, you know, at a retail shop happens all the time. I mean, a good, you know, once a week, if not more, I'm at the grocery store and this would be much more helpful to me, I think. Well, that's what Google's doing with Google exactly. Wallet. Exactly. Yeah. I like this whole pay- PayPal thing because I don't carry cash, like, ever. So this would be a lot easier because I would owe somebody 20 bucks over something. I'm like, well, do you have a Square device? Do you have something strange? Yeah. Or do you have NFC and PayPal? Odds are you probably have PayPal if you're if you're in uh, near San Francisco. Everyone seems to sell something. So that would work for me really well. And I'd probably be like, hey, do you have a Nexus S? Get a Nexus S so we can, I can give you money that way. And, Jason, this sheds yeah. some light on why uh, eBay purchased Zong for PayPal recently, right? um oh man i you know the thing is that paypal uh, i like that paypal's doing this is paypal's getting in the mobile payment arena because this thing is coming soon and and coming quickly and a lot of people are in on it they're a little late um i i think that it's big that paypal's on there because there's a lot of people who are already on paypal it can't just be nfc though it's got to be there's a lot of these kind of bridge technologies um coming out now where people are trying to set it up so you can uh you can do this 
even with an older phone and, and, and that kind of thing. They're going to need to do that. Uh, but PayPal, a little late to mobile payments. I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't jumped on this earlier. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if somebody else, you know, like you, you mentioned Zong, you know, there's a lot of others. Of course, Square is the, is the hot one in the Valley and in New York. But um, there's a lot of people that are going to try this. PayPal needs to be in on it because uh, as Sarah mentioned, this, the whole, I, the really interesting thing is when somebody can basically set up a booth, you know, a food truck or whatever, and you can pay um, the food truck just with your phone, or you can go to an art show and you can pay for it, you know, right there. And so it's like these kind of small mobile vendors where you can, you know, just pay this way. That's when this kind of gets really cool. And Square is doing pretty well or trying to uh, certainly ramp up their small business owner market so that somebody with a food truck, for example, could have a vendor account with Square. And if you go there regularly, then you can pay them and everybody's happy. Yeah. Um, what I think is is just going to be more helpful, unless we're the kind of people who always just go to the same places uh, week after week, is if this just, just turns into something where it's like, every once in a while I might not be able to use NFC to pay, but for the most part I can at large uh, retail stores and grocery stores and things like that. That's where it's going to get um, extremely convenient. It's going to be real convenient to get those red tops on the corner boys some WMDs what watch the wire you know what I'm talking about uh, I didn't get it either I do okay. have to say in that video where they showed the bumping of it I just wondered wouldn't it be faster if I just texted like or emailed well, if you like, have a PayPal out. works over email, right, already. There is a PayPal app that like, w- would allow... Could, wouldn't I, it be faster than having to do the, oh, okay, I'm going to type in how much I want, and then we're going to bump, and then you're going to get it, and then you're going to put in your password, like... Well, I mean, it's probably like what, a three-step process, because the, if you're going to be passing money around, you want to make sure you're not doing it by accident. Okay, your phone's buzzing, and this is going on, and you're stuck to somebody for, like, what, three seconds? So odds are you know what's going on, versus PayPal going, okay, great, now we have to deal with a bunch of refunds, because you were just near this person. Yeah. On to RIM's shareholders meeting. Uh, They had this uh, today and announced that nothing is going to change. Everything is just fine. Go about your business. Up and up, that RIM. Hey, we're going to have seven new phones coming by the end of the year with BlackBerry OS 7, including the Bold 9900, the 9860, the 9850, and uh, probably the 9900, uh, 9930 is what we saw back in May. So seven new phones with nines in their names. And no splitting of the CEO roles. It's still co-held by Balsillie and Lazaridis. Uh, it was a very quiet shareholders meeting. They re-elected the entire board. No one even questioned the dual leadership. And Balsillie said, RIM's foundations are very strong. We're on the verge of one of the biggest global product launches in our history. We're not perfect, but we give our best every day. We literally don't take a day off. I mean, was the entire board re-elected after they said, hey, we're going to launch seven new phones? Because maybe people said, I don't know. Let's wait for these seven phones to launch and then see how it goes. See what where we're at at the end of the year. Rim shareholders must be really, really patient or tranquil or something. I don't know why they aren't <laughs> screaming. Lies. Over at All Things D, the headline was no angry mob at Rim shareholders meetings because that's what we're expecting. Somebody has right. to be like, yeah. hey, somebody needs to investigate this. And there is a current investigation that's going to wrap up in January to see if this co-CEO thing works out. But it always it goes to the board and the board gets to decide to keep themselves. So it's... Yeah, and- it's, it seems really weird. It, it does. And, and, you know, these guys, the, the two co-CEOs, as I understand it, they really control the board. So I, I don't think there's a whole lot happening there. Um, but, you know, it's it's a shocker to me that the, that the company hasn't come under more pressure um, internally in some ways. And from what I've heard, it, it actually, there, there has been a lot of internal rumblings there. Um, at one point, uh, I believe last year, they kind of were trying to decide whether they might even ditch uh, their OS and go to Android. There was some real internal fighting about that. Um, a lot of people felt like, look, their OS just can't catch up and they can't do enough. you know. And of course, now they've kind of gone to Cunix, uh, this little company that they bought 
uh, and, and they put all of their their chips there. But then they did this this real distraction thing they, with the with the playbook, which everybody is kind of left scratching their head because it doesn't really support their their core market of phones very well. Um, uh, it does a little bit, but it, it has not sold well, and it's really set them back in terms of the smartphones. I mean, they have not released a good smartphone, um, a competitive smartphone, really in about two years um, since the the last really hot smartphone that they that everybody got excited about was the uh, the BlackBerry Bold, the original BlackBerry Bold. And then after that, they released the uh, um, the BlackBerry uh, Storm. And ever since the Storm, it's just been sort of dud after dud after dud. And then they keep doing the same thing that they're doing now. Everything's fine. We're working on it. You know, we, we've got great stuff. People love our product. Steven NC in our chat room says, I don't get this tr in trouble mean. They sold 13 million Blackberries worldwide last quarter. That's a lot yeah. of phones. Yeah, but they're selling them cheap to mostly developing world. And uh, they're not you know, capturing the, they're losing the top end of the market where you make all of the money. Um, you know, they're selling cheap phones to, to places where they have really done a great job with vendor uh, agreements, carrier agreements, and, and hats off to them. They've done a great job with carriers, but that's only going to take it so far. It's, it's like Nokia. Nokia has done great with carrier agreements, same thing, but uh, eventually you have to produce some devices that people want um, or else, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get replaced, and we're seeing that in a big way with with Nokia, and we're gonna see it with RIM uh, as well. I, I think what the problem is is we continue to see the market share for RIM and for Nokia, for that matter, go down. It, it's still huge, but it keeps going down, and that's what's got people worried. And when the shareholders meeting says, "Not to worry, seven new phones, BlackBerry OS seven, a 4G playbook coming out this fall," there's nothing there that makes you go, "Oh, that's gonna turn the tide." They're, they're yeah. not bad announcements, but well, I yeah, think people are looking if, for something it's more. It's not as if the first playbook was such a runaway hit that the 4G playbook is just going to you know, knock it out of the park. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, it's also they that, you know, there's nothing that makes you get a sense that they have any urgency either. That's part of the problem with their whole PR problem is that, you know, you really want them to come in and say, hey, look, we realize the market is really hot with touch devices right now. And you know what? We're going to produce one of the best touch devices in the world. We're going to take the stuff that we're really good at and we're going to uh, we're going to one up these guys. We're going to catch them, not only catch them, but we're going to produce a fantastic device. You, you know, I don't get any sense of urgency from them. I don't get any sense that they realize that um, that they've been, um, that they're under, uh, you know, a lot of pressure. I never have. When the uh, iPhone came out, they completely mocked it. When, you know, Android got big, they talked about, you know, they joked and they talked about how it was going to have no effect on their market and all of this. And, you know, so these guys just are, are totally blowing it. Um, they have a, they, they did have a good product and they have a lot going for them, but, um, from a leadership perspective, they're not sending the right messages and they're not delivering the right kinds of products. And, and it, it all comes down to that. I think they're in the same position as Microsoft where it's all, it's all perception. They make good products. Uh, they've got a ton of enterprise customers. They've got the most secure platform in the world. Uh, they're selling millions and millions of Blackberries to enterprise. They're sending millions and millions uh, in outside of the United States. Uh, so they feel like they're in fine position. It's a perception problem. It's people saying, yeah, but we want to hear something else. We want to hear something more exciting. So maybe they're right. Maybe they don't need to do anything crazy. Uh, maybe RIM's going to be just fine as long as they continue to progress. And they are doing new things uh, with QNX, uh, with the Blackberry playbook. And as they refine it, maybe that'll get Or they'll better. just be the next version of Palm. I mean, that's what they're doing. I don't know how they don't see what happened to Palm. That complete failure for a while and then go, oh, they got bought up. This is all over. This is what's going to happen to RIM unless they try something drastic like what Nokia did. Said, hey, look, we're throwing out our operating system. We're going to go with Windows. Let's try something new because RIM is just staying. Oh, yeah. We'll put our head down. We'll keep going and... Uh we're Canadian and nice. All right, we yeah, got they're, they're destined to just turn into a niche player. I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be a niche player, not even for enterprise, but really high security, enterprise, government, um, some healthcare, uh, you know, those kinds of folks. Because really, the you know, enterprise, which is the company we talk to uh, a lot at Tech Republic, you know, they're, they're dumping um, Blackberries uh, all over the place right now. I mean, not deploying Blackberries anymore. So, um, <laughs> so, so I think that RIM's destined to just become a niche player pretty soon. Well, if you believe in RIM's future, now is a good time to buy stock. <laughs>
Seriously. That's true. It's way down. That's not financial advice. Let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Slingbox. This episode brought to you by Slingbox. They introduced their new iPad app not long ago, which lets you watch your home TV on your iPad anywhere you take it. There's no limitation on how many shows you can stream. There's no monthly fee. You buy a Slingbox. You plug it into your internet connection. You plug it into your television source. Whatever television source that is. It can be satellite. It can be cable. It can be over-the-air broadcast. And then you watch your home TV anywhere you got an internet connection. You can watch it on your laptop. You can watch it on your iPad. You can watch it on your iPhone. Find Slingbox or see a demo at Best Buy or check it out at slingbox.com slash twit. Free yourself to watch your TV whenever you want, however often you want, wherever you go, for no money a month. Just buy the box. Slingbox and your home TV now appearing on iPads everywhere. We thank them for their support of Tech News Today. I use them. I use them when I travel. It's a great way to, uh, you know, sometimes the TV where you are isn't very satisfying, so... You watch some stuff off your DVR. It's good. Exactly. Plop it up on your That's iPad. That's why it's your home setup. Exactly. It's the way that you like it. On take it with you. To a, a, a quick update on the uh, the News Corp situation with B Sky B. Uh, News Corp has pulled the plug on its proposed acquisition of B Sky B. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the UK. The the British Parliament uh, is is requesting that Murdoch answer questions about the scandal. There's rumors that News International, which is the the part of News Corp that owns the newspapers, is going to be spun off. James Murdoch, who is the co COO uh, and and the son of Rupert Murdoch. Uh, of News Corp is also still the chairman of B Sky B, but that whole thing is off. And the reason it's off, and the reason I'm talking about it on on a Tech News Today show, is because it was a voicemail hack that has scuttled this entire deal. So News Corp was building a bigger part of its monopoly to control your information on the internet, your information in the newspaper, and then they're going to have B Sky B and have some more control over the the information you watch on television. That's over as well as being an ISP. Uh, they are backing away from that for now because of voicemail hacks. And and what's interesting to me about this is this this empire is now under threat. The stock price is going down because the phone companies don't have secure voicemail. The reason this hack happened is they trust that if your caller ID says you're calling from your phone number, that they, they don't have to authenticate who you are. Everyone who's used Skype knows you can spoof any phone number so it's dead simple to write a few scripts to allow you to get into somebody's voicemail uh in fact if you want to avoid caller id spoofing being used to access your voicemail you've got to set a pin on your voicemail even when you're checking from your own mobile device that's not very obvious how to do on a lot of phones uh so anyway senator jay rockefeller here in the u.s is calling for an inquiry this whole empire is just crumbling it's interesting that James Murdoch is still going to be chairman and, well, they call it non-executive director of BSKB because I guess News Corp already owned 30-something percent. They wanted to own the rest of it, which was what the acquisition was all about. But uh, So they're still cozy together, right? Um, and it's not as if the phone hacking, I mean, they, they apparently voluntarily said, you know what, the climate right now is too crazy, bad press, we're just going to shelf this for a while. But it's not as if anybody said, you're out of here and you can never come back. It could be revisited. Yeah, I mean, the ethics of it are, are what's at the heart of this, right? Yeah. But, but yeah. Jason, don't you think uh, it, it's quite interesting to think about this tiny security vulnerability that an industry has turned a blind eye to? And people have known about this for, for over a decade now. Uh, totally. Is, has become the undoing of, of one of the greatest media empires on the planet. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit kind of scary and, and um, surreal. I, I do have to say, though, you know, News Corp has always been a little bit shady. I mean, everybody's, I, I don't know, that, that's kind of always been my impression. They've always been a little bit shady. When, I remember when they bought the Wall Street Journal, there were a lot of people that were just, you know, it just made the hair on the back of their neck stand up because it's like, man, these guys sort of don't always do it the right way. And now they're buying sort of one of the most prestigious uh, publications in, in the history of public locations, right? So, uh, but then the last few years, they've just kind of, they stayed a step ahead of everybody and have kind of gotten it right um, again and again. And now there's almost, I almost wonder, there's a lot of, they've created a lot of enemies along the way though. And I think that something like this is one of those things where a chink in the armor sort of showed up. And now like everybody is, uh, who's I think ever had a, a grudge or, or um, a problem with these guys is coming.
coming out of the woodwork and um and really letting them have it and it's it has it has really snowballed in a way that i'm I'm not sure they're going to recover from this anytime soon they were one of the um they were one of the had become one of the golden child ch- children of sort of the new age um, of publications and and uh, you know the the bloom is off the rose here. Yeah, I, I think they'll survive. I mean, uh, I, 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 I kind oh, of no overstated doubt. it when I said they're they're falling apart. They're, they're fraying at the edges. Somebody said in the chat room. I think that's a better way to put that. Also, no, but fr- they have. I'm sorry, they, but they they the perception here is, is a problem. You know, in publications, perception is is important, and for them, sort of having uh, a reputation problem and some run-ins with the government. Uh, you know, this is the, the margins are so thin in some of these businesses that they're in in publications that. Uh, it's going to become, I think, a financial problem. They're not going away anytime soon. But, um, but it, it is interesting, as you started out to say, you know, something so small that has led to uh, a problem. You know, this is definitely not over, and, and it's going to be you know, a little bit scary to watch if you're in the me- media business. Reed Hastings is probably scared to watch his inbox today uh the backlash against or his Facebook netflix page. yeah or anything uh the backlash against the netflix price change has been intense uh there there have been a few surveys done by different news outlets like silicon alley insider there's been reports from from places like cnet uh where they did a kind of an informal look at the facebook comments and found that 96 percent of them were negative three percent neutral and one percent defending netflix even given the the dictum that more people are likely to complain than compliment in any given situation. That is a heavy percentage mm-hmm. of complaints. Uh, if you go to Twitter and do a search for uh, hashtag Netflix, you'll, you'll see the debate going on. And I thought it was interesting. HBO Go, when I checked this earlier, was a promoted tweet on the uh, on the search results for Pound Netflix. It, se- it seems like that's gone away now. Uh, well, you need an HBO subscription to use HBO Go. Yeah, why would they device. even do that? No, I, so, I like, still see it. When I go talk, to, talk when I go to this being link. misleading yeah. totally yeah so anyway i take taking advantage of a bad situation but uh again if you, if you didn't hear about it they they split up the streaming and the dvd option on netflix so that now if you want to have both you have to pay 7.99 for each which uh, effectively raises the price of having one dvd a month and unlimited streaming by 60 percent uh and 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 folks are saying that they're going to they're going to cancel their subscriptions. They're mm-hmm. going to move somewhere else. I did a quick look, uh, and we kind of pushed together so, uh, some of the options you have out there. Let, I, I want to hear from you guys. After I go through these options, if you think any of these options are worth going to because you're angry at Netflix. Let's just assume that you're angry. angry? Okay. Yeah. We're so very here, angry. Here's let's, where you can go. Hard. You're like, you know what? The principle of this thing is wrong. I hate, I've had it. I hate the increase. Uh, I can go to Redbox to get $1.19 per rental for DVDs, one at a time, with late fees. Amazon Prime, $79 a year, includes free streaming, and I get the shipping stuff in there. Uh, and then if I want to rent movies, not DVDs, but but over the internet, $299, $399 for the rentals. I've got Hulu Plus, which is exactly the same as Netflix, $799 a month. I can go to YouTube, but it's only rentals, $299, $399 for rentals. Apple iTunes, similar, $299 to $499 for rentals. Uh, and I could go to Blockbuster On Demand. Uh, which is separate from Blockbuster by mail. So I'd have to combine them. Uh, on demand is $1.99 per thing you stream, per transaction. Uh, and then their Blockbuster by mail is one disc at a time, including games, though, for $11.99 a month. Now, back that up and compare it to Netflix, which is for unlimited streaming and one DVD, $15.98 a month, or $7.99 a month for just unlimited streaming, or $7.99 a month for just one DVD at a time. So assuming that we're so mad at Netflix that uh, we would not combine this with another service, which is actually what I do right now, um, I would have to go with who's got the best library because Netflix has the best library. And if I'm not using Netflix... Do they? Do they have I mean, the best library? How, how good is the Amazon do. Prime library? Because when you when it's, you consider cost point, Amazon Prime, if you're paying seventy nine a year, that's six dollars and fifty eight cents a month mm-hmm. when you break it down, and then you're paying two ninety nine to three ninety nine on top of that for individual rentals. I mean, based on what I've been doing, where I even though I'm getting both, I'm only doing streaming and then one or two rentals over the course of six months. That would be the best bet 
uh, if I was really moved to switch, the Amazon selection for a streaming as part of seventy nine dollars is not amazing, yeah. but the Amazon selection of rentals and purchased uh, per, be able to purchase items is pretty good. Jason, you were going to say something regarding that too. Um, yeah. Here's my news flash for Netflix users. It's still a heck of a lot less than you pay for cable or satellite or pay-per-view. So, like, stop whining. Seriously. Um, I, if, you, if there's stuff that you watch on it, then use it. If there's not, then don't. But for, but to, for people to whine about, you know, 16 bucks a month when they're probably paying, you know, 80 bucks for their cable, I just kind of don't get it. Now, if you've ditched your cable for Netflix and, and and uh, you know you're mad because you were paying 11.99 and now you have to pay 15.99. Well, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for you, right? You're you're saving a lot of money. You know you're not over what you had in cable, and so you know you can still uh, use that. And then when you get the new stuff, you know uh, when the new stuff comes out, use Amazon on demand or iTunes or whatever to rent stuff. Um, and you know now YouTube as well. So I, I just think that you know Amazon or um, Netflix is in the in the business um of uh selling content and content is expensive and their deals are about to run out they they had this taste tester deal that all of the studios had given them because they were one of the first to do this online thing well now they've got to pay market value for content and when they do that you're gonna have to pay a little more that's too, not but my it's problem i don't care they have to pay market value they just raised my rates well, I, I got to agree on J with Jason on this one. I mean, this is flat out. This was only 16 bucks. okay? That's not that bad. Am Redbox, you still have late fees, so that's irritating. Amazon Prime, not necessarily on every box. I have a couple of friends who have like, Xbox 360s, and you can't use Amazon uh, Instant Video over there. Right. No, Netflix is on everything mm -hmm. already. I don't have to buy a new box. Sure. Hulu selection on Hulu Plus isn't the same as it is on the web and on devices because they can't even get their contract deals together. Yeah, and Blockbuster, kind of a mess. I just personally dislike Blockbuster uh, because of so that. many reasons. That's not a rational reason not to use them, but oh, they're I also can, a lot more expensive. I like the fact they have games at Blockbuster, but 12 bucks a month to get one DVD or game, and then there's a separate cost. It's as low as $1.99. Some of the rentals go up to $4. So it's not that huge a difference. And we've, we had some listener feedback. A lot of people wrote in about this. You know, Some were kind of irritated. Dwayne wrote in. That's what putting I, it mildly. I, what I love is the way Netflix assumes we're all idiots and will believe that they're actually doing us a favor by raising our rates. And a lot of people were actually somewhat understanding. They were saying things like... Well, uh, actually, you know what? We, we did get a lot of emails about that, but let's play the voicemail okay. because we had one voicemail defending Netflix from uh, Todd. Let's hear from Todd. Definitely going to spend that 16 on Netflix, and not just because I like to stream and because I like to receive DVDs, but because I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I want to support the whole a la carte type vision of content delivery. I want to I want to su support Hulu Plus, I want to support Netflix and anybody else who will deliver me what I want for a reasonable price and not try to sell me 500 channels for 80 bucks a month that I'll never use. All right, let's move to the future. Let's put our money where we want the future to go. All right? Have a great show. So, so that, Smart guy. that's being ethical. That's being principled about it. But most people are not. Most people are going to vote for the, with their pocketbook. Yeah, that was somebody who's like, I can afford this. And ethically, I think it's the right thing to do. A lot of folks in our chat room are saying, listen, I... I have ten dollars a month, period, to spend on this sort of thing. I don't have fifteen. It's a lot. It's right, a big the, difference to the me. The minimum is not fifteen. The minimum is eight dollars now. So the original minimum was nine ninety nine. Now it's seven ninety nine for one or the Actually, other. Actually, the minimum is five dollars. Is it five dollars? DVD now? limited amount of DVDs per month. I think it's two. Oh, so that's even cheaper. Yeah. So like, I mean, this. It, you do have options. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. not like everyone is forced to do the sixteen dollar a month plan, and it's it's only still sixteen. It, also, Netflix clearly wants to move into instant streaming. You know, they want to they eventually want to phase out this DVD business. Yeah. So there is a strategy here. People won't like that, but they have incentives to do this. They are still putting new stuff in the catalog, too. I mean, it, the 1st of July, they just added, like, all seven seasons of Star Trek Next Generation and Voyager and um, another one, Enterprise. Um, those, if you were to go and buy them, you know, each season is, like, 50 bucks a piece. And so, uh, you know, that's, like, 350 
fifty, seven hundred, you know, thousand dollars worth of content right there if you were to buy it just for those. And they uh, just struck alone. a deal with NBC Universal. They re-upped their deal. Uh, they lose Saturday Night Live day after streaming, but they get uh, a lot of back catalog from NBC. So they're preserving uh, the catalog. Uh, you know what? My my opinion on this is, yeah, it. Everyone has a right to be mad about a raise in prices. If your price is being raised, then you get to bitch about it. And you have the right to cancel and go somewhere else if somewhere else makes sense to you. Or just cancel because you're mad. If You have the right to do that, too. But in the end, what you're going to do is pick the service that has the best value per dollar and gives you what you need. Netflix may still be that. It looks like Amazon Prime is very interesting and competitive. Well, what this is going to do in the end, though, is stop people who were sitting back and just being happy Netflix customers from being happy Netflix customers. It's going to make them examine their choices and see if there's something out there that suits them better. I think Netflix is also banking on the fact that uh, a lot of people come and go from Netflix, but since online video is, is, is so huge now that that maybe there are going to be some ticked off people who leave Netflix. Say, I'm done with your service, I'm going somewhere else. But they're also going to get enough new signups who go, ooh, instant streaming, eight bucks a month. Okay, I'll go with that. And maybe they want to pay the 15 and they're new, so they don't have anything to compare it to. And it sounds like a really great deal to them. Yeah, the, the eight bucks a month is good. Oh, sorry, I yes. I just going to say the eight bucks a month is is um, is really good. But I I think also Netflix customers, you know, may not want to get too comfortable because I don't think this is the last. Um, price increase. You know, I, I don't I, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. As they start increasing their streaming library, I mean, it almost seems like a price jump again in the future. If this is successful, yep. it's almost inevitable. Well, right? and if they are forced well, to pay that's just, higher I mean, licensing prices fees. Prices always rise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if more people start using Netflix, even if they have to pay more for licensing, the price could go down. It's a, That's mm -hmm. just simple economics. It's it's all about how many people use it and, and what the cost is. We got is. one really good tip from a listener who said, uh, you could always use the library for DVDs. So check out your local library and get them for free. So if you really hate all the pricing, try to get a free yep. DVD at the library. Honestly, that may be the best way to go. Just just buy your stuff on demand from Amazon or iTunes or watch the free stuff on Hulu and go get DVDs at the library. That's good It's deal. not nearly as convenient, though. I mean, it, it's, it's, no. it's tough to beat, you know, okay, I'm not sure what I want to watch. I want to sit down and I can flip through a whole library of, you know, shows. And so that's part of the reason why Netflix and on demand is, is, is frankly, you know, winning, um, especially for, you know, folks that are, that are busy. But, but that is a good one to, to keep in mind because actually a lot of libraries, that's one of the ways that they're kind of fighting back and getting people in is they're expanding their DVD libraries. Final story for the news views here. Retrievo, a, a company uh, that does a lot of product reviews and 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 gets public reviews and gets in input from people about products uh, put out a gadgetology study uh, surveying over a thousand people distributed across gender age income and location in the United States and found that 34% of iPhone owners say they have a 4G phone even though there is no such thing as a 4G iPhone. Are they iPhone. getting confused because the it's iPhone an iPhone 4, 4? Perhaps. Oh, boy. Could, okay. Yeah. Well, 24% of BlackBerry owners say they have a 4G phone, even though there are no 4G BlackBerries out there yet either. 29% of Android owners say they have a 4G phone. They are the only ones here who actually could possibly have some sort of 4G So, yeah, we don't know if they're mistaken phone. or not, though. Uh, the point here is 4G bankrupt of meaning. Not only, <laughs> not only is it used loosely to mean HSPA Plus of all different Nobody speeds. Nobody gets it. Yeah, AT&T calls their HSPA Plus uh, fast 3G. T-Mobile's calls theirs 4G. There's WiMAX. There's LTE. There's LTE Advance. The people out there don't even know what it means to begin with. They think they have an iPhone 4 that's iPhone 4G. So... It's it's gone. It's done. 4G means absolutely well, that's like, nothing. That's like You've done your job, carriers, by marketing irresponsibly. Dude, and that's like HD. There's HD paint, HD yeah. sunglasses. I've seen. I've seen HD like on on things that. I mean, sunglasses, really? So, I mean, th this is just a, a useless term at this point. If you want to really check out your speeds... High-def sunglasses? Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Because you they, use your eyes? They renamed blue blockers <laughs> HD something or other like that. Oh, because man. Because you can see the world in high-def, oh, which is boy. a lie because you see in higher res than high-def. So, here's, so here, here are the fast wireless announcements for today. T-Mobile turned on 42 megabit per second HSPA Plus in 50 more cities today. Uh, you can take advantage of it with one device, the Category 20 Rocket 3.0 USB modem, and uh, tests show that in real life, the 42 megabit per second 
second HSPA plus probably give you 25 to 28 megabits per second. Uh, so still really fast. Verizon is expected to announce their 100th LTE market on July 21st. Uh, yesterday we mentioned AT&T hopes to be in five LTE markets by the end of the summer. So they're, they're trailing back there. And Sprint confirmed that its network sharing agreement with Light Squared in conjunction with its earning announcement on July 28th, or, or we expect Sprint to confirm that network sharing agreement with Light Squared, which would mean that Light Squared, who wants to provide wholesale LTE, would have one big partner to not only sell uh, to, but also provide infrastructure. Uh, Light Squared would be able to make use of the Sprint Nextel network. Now, the interesting thing about Sprint here, and Jason, you probably know uh, a lot about this, I'm guessing, is that that they have not only WiMAX uh, for fast wireless, uh, and that's that's kind of stalled at about 70 markets, but they can change on the fly to use LTE. Sprint's ability to handle multiple wireless technologies allows it to offer up infrastructure in two different flavors. They can keep the WiMAX network going for a while and still offer LTE. Yeah, the, the, the real key that Sprint has is they have more spectrum, um, wireless spectrum that could be used for uh, next generation broadband, I'm not going to call it 4G, for next generation broadband than anybody, more than Verizon, um, which is the other one that has bought that bought a lot. Uh, and that spectrum is what allows you to deploy lots of it to lots of people at very high bandwidth. So they've deployed some of that, not all of it, um, using WiMAX, uh, but they could deploy more for WiMAX. They could also just say, you know what, we're going to switch gears and we're going to deploy it um, via LTE. And uh, they could also say, you know what, we're going to upgrade what was our WiMAX network to LTE. And if they did that, it's not easy. And the challenge they have is, um, when, once you start talking about this stuff, is backhaul. You know, backhaul is the actual physical fiber that goes from towers to, you know, the internet. Uh, they don't have as much of that. Remember, Verizon is also a, uh, you know, a telco. Uh, so they, they run phone lines. You know, Sprint is not. So... That that's where they have their challenge. They'll need to partner up with somebody, you know, like a Comcast or uh, you know, AT and T, somebody big, somebody like that. So that's where they run into problems, or you know, lay their own fiber, which is more expensive. But just from the wireless perspective, these guys are actually sitting on um, a gold mine uh, that could really, if they play their cards right, and I'm not sure that they will because they haven't done it real well yet. But they do have the potential to do something big. Well, that that is really interesting that you, that you say that, because if they partner with LightSquared, they get help with that tower information True. that they're talking about. True. If LightSquared can solve their GPS stuff. And they already have relationships with the cable companies through WiMAX. Comcast and Time Warner have been reselling yep. WiMAX. So yep. if they can get them on board to help them, Sprint could, I mean, there's a lot of ifs in there. There uh, are. But Sprint could make a big run and and leapfrog into this race in a way they haven't been in over a decade. Yeah, it's true. The, the reason why I have a little bit of a doubt is they haven't really played their cards very well with WiMAX. They could have actually, um, and Intel, you know, put a lot of money behind this too and was hoping that it, they would get it right. And they kind of didn't. They, they sort of messed up the backhaul. They didn't deploy it right. Um, they, they should have had a, a really big leap on um, LTE and, and Verizon, and they, they kind of just didn't get it right. Um, so there's, like you said, there's a lot of ifs, but they are still sitting on a gold mine. If they get the right people in there that understand that and sign the right partnerships and really push it, um, they could be the best competitor um, and, you know, the biggest threat to uh, Verizon's sort of growing um, monopoly and LTE and next-gen broadband. You know, Verizon really has all the momentum right now. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch them. Sprint has the best shot at it. All right, let's go on to the news fuse. Wired.com has published the complete text of the logged IM conversation between hacker Adrian Lamo and Private Bradley Manning. He's the guy accused of leaking confidential information to WikiLeaks. Lamo has taken heavy criticism for turning Manning in. Wired claims they withheld the full text until now because it contained irrelevant personal information, but they've changed their minds because so much of that information has started to leak out in other publications. We took the high road until other people didn't. Yeah. Now we're not either. Socialstatistics.com has been tracking the most popular accounts on Google+, but 
today a few very notable names are gone from the list. Apparently folks like Larry Page, you might have heard of him, Vic Condotra, Sergey Brin, and Mark Zuckerberg have decided to close off a part of their account so they can't be tracked. Of course, everybody's saying, Mark Zuckerberg, of all people, wants a little privacy. Who does he think he is? Well, he can kind of do what he, he wants. thinks he's Mark Zuckerberg. Well, he is. Virgin Mobile says that if you see 2.5 gigabytes of data in a month, that's a throttling for you, starting in October anyway. Virgin has previously dropped uh, has previously dropped its unlimited $40 a month plan in January, with throttling occurring after 5 gigabytes back then. Additionally, Virgin Mobile has altered its pricing structure for calling plans. Two fees were increased, but the unlimited calling plan got a $5 price cut. Sony's dual-screen clamshell Android tablet will come exclusively to AT&T. The S2 will run on AT&T's HSPA Plus network, but there's no info on pricing or availability yet. Sony's also working with Adobe on a contest to spark Adobe Air app development for Sony's tablets with cash prizes totaling $200,000. Yeah. Let's hop over to Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference, shall we? Microsoft COO Kevin Turner said, expect 75 more Microsoft stores to open in the next two to three years around the U.S. There'll be a bunch of stores on the coast, a few spread around the middle of the country. Now, Alaska, you might be thinking, hey, we're the biggest state in the union. It's time. You will not be getting a Microsoft store. I'm very sorry. That's too bad. I don't make this. I don't make the rules. Something I can do. Apple will be bringing its iPhone 4 to a telecom in China called China Telecom. Creative, huh? By the end of the year, possibly. Oh, really, even, you're picking on China Telecom. Man. And why not? Possibly November. <laughs> it's a China good name. Telecom is the third largest carrier in the country with 105.7 million subscribers. That's a lot of people, according to Ticonderoga analyst oh, Brian White. That's a better name. <laughs> Apple could stand to gain. Eight to nine billion dollars in revenue, billion, with this deal. Yesterday, there were reports that Sony would disable component output for the PS3. Ars Technica contacted Sony to find out what the heck was going on. A Sony representative said that video gameplay will still be available via HDMI or component, but Blu-ray movie playback will only be accessible via HDMI because of HDCP. This will affect the new CECH 3000 series of PS3s. So how well do you know your neighbors? You might want to get to know them a little bit better because sometimes they're not very friendly, like Barry Ardolph. He repeatedly hacked into his neighbor's Wi-Fi network, tried to frame the neighbor for child porn, sexual harassment, threatening Vice President Joe Biden, among other things. For his misdeeds, Ardolph was sentenced to an 18-year prison term. He was caught after his neighbor set up a packet sniffer on his network, which led investigators right to the culprit. Maybe tablets and smartphones aren't killing PCs after all. IDC found that during the second quarter of this year that PC shipments were up 2.6% with 84.4 million units. In the U.S., PC shipments were down, but there was a huge growth in the Asia region, excluding Japan. HP was a big winner, shipping out 15.2 million PCs around the world. PCs for the win. Let's move on to the randomizer. Randomizer. Microsoft, on the heels of its Connect for Windows software development kit, is making available a spin-off that works with robots, a robotics development kit, toolkit for Connect. This is pretty freaking awesome, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like that that uh, you know Microsoft is is doing the SDK thing with Connect, and even though I, I sort of have my doubts about Connect, and it's a little hokey, but that aside, it's really cool that they're doing the the SDK thing, that they're opening it up, they're they're letting developers use this, and think of creative and fun and cool ways to do stuff that Microsoft never imagined with the product. You know that I really tip my hat to them for. And look, maybe this robot thing is finally about ready to take off, right? We've been waiting for this for a couple decades, a, a lot of us really yeah I'm, I'm waiting for that that pc moment for robots it feels like we're kind of still in the altair heath kit days of, yes. of of at least home robotics and uh and it'd be nice to have that thing that finally makes it take off i'm not totally. saying this is it but it certainly doesn't hurt and and people have been doing some crazy cool connect hats already with robots not connect hats but connect hacks. We knew what you hats meant. Uh, and, and so it's nice that Microsoft is playing along with that and saying, hey, let's, let's, let's try to help you maybe out. Maybe they could make a connect hat. Yeah. A connect hat. And you that, wear it and you play you wear games. And you walk and around you can play and games follow. with your That's robot. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> hey, we got some breaking news in the calendar. Yeah, we do. And Gadget's reporting that Spotify is launching in the U.S. tomorrow. Story's developing, so we'll be sure to, uh, to give you the full say. scoop. Uh, maybe tomorrow. 
Let's hope. The Amazon Kindle 3G is getting AT&T sponsored ad supported option priced at 139. That's down from the 189 for the ad free version. So you you can get a price break if you don't mind some ads. And in Gadget Tipster also passed along shipping confirmation from Office Depot that the Lenovo IdeaPad K1 is lined up for delivery today. So it's happening for everyone who thought it wouldn't. It's really happening. The Motorola Droid 3 officially hits Verizon tomorrow. That's July 14th. Priced at $199.99 or $200 if you're a normal person. Google's second quarter earnings are also going to be announced tomorrow, July 14th, after the market closes. They'll be a $199.99. Up or down? Say $200, Tom, like a normal person. Call of Duty Elite Beta is also coming tomorrow, July 14th. It's going to be a busy day tomorrow. And the Motorola Photon 4G is coming to Sprint July 31st for $199.98. No, it's $200. (laughs) You... I just changed Playing with the duck. I'm on Burgundy. <laughs> Mac, MacBook Air rumored for tomorrow, too. Right. Yes, we'll, so we'll wait, right. we'll wait and see. the overnight yeah. uh, Apple Store thing. Yeah, the Apple Store is maybe closing up. Let's uh, finish up with a voicemail. 260-TNT-SHOW. Craig from Tyler, Texas, wrote in with some thoughts about my... Or he didn't write in. He called He, he might have written down his thoughts and then spoken them, but he called in with some thoughts about gaming on Microsoft. Hey, TNT crew. This is Craig from Tyler, Texas. Uh, in regards to... The Windows 8 update perhaps letting Xbox games run on the computer, isn't it just as likely or even more likely that maybe the Xbox is going to switch to using Windows 8 as its OS, and that way they just have one OS on all their devices that have the same operating system? Enjoy the show. Thanks, guys. That's intriguing if they moved the Xbox to Windows 8. How likely do we think that is anyone well i mean windows has been rewritten to run on arm and xbox 360 uses a ibm processor so that's probably unlikely uh but it's not i mean unless microsoft rewrote their operating system twice yeah they might be kind of busy maybe microsoft would love to do it they're all they're all they're totally infatuated with the idea of windows everywhere windows everywhere yeah from what's your vision of the future windows everywhere but i think it's it's pretty unlikely um especially because the xbox is xbox is one of their products that's kind of working right now it's one of the few things they have any sort of buzz and success with um i don't think they they i don't think they'd mess with it um you know that significantly yeah, I, 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 it's an intriguing idea, Craig. I just I think there's a lot of practicalities that might get and in the way the, of, of that happening this time. But can the Xbox division get the licensing rights too? I mean, they don't really talk very well. <laughs> yeah, they might the Windows team's like, no, you will pay us for our license. <laughs> maybe maybe on the Xbox 720 or whatever the the next one is going to be. Hey, uh, thanks to everybody who submitted stories at our subreddit, technewstoday.reddit.com is the place to go. Big thanks to J. Joe Hall, 2000, Pete C, PC Guy 8088. Good to see you back in there, Pete C. TM204, PC Guy 8088 again. Draconos, enjoy what you have, 83 and more. Thanks to everybody who uh, submits stories or votes them up or down and helps us decide what goes in the show. And don't forget, we've sold over a thousand bricks, but there's still a few available. If you'd like your name up on the wall in the new studio for all to see or your logo, uh, you can get a 4 by 8 brick for $128 or an 8 by 8 brick for $512. If you want to put your logo, it's a little more, $640. Your favorite rap lyric? Yeah, you can do, you whatever. Can do pretty much whatever you want. <laughs> Bricks.twit.tv is the place to go. We open the studio in eight TNTs. From now, whoa! That's, uh, That's Sunday. A yeah, it Sunday. just got real. <laughs> Sunday, July twenty fourth. Jason Heiner, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Let folks know what's going on over there, at Tech Republic. Absolutely, yeah. So we are uh, Tech Republic is a trade publication and community for uh, IT professionals, developers, sysadmins, CIOs. You know, everybody who works in the tech community, and we provide a lot of tips, tutorials, advice, um, best practices, debates. You know, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, it really is uh, a great place to to have those kinds of conversations. And um, my blog is called Tech Sanity Check, where where I talk about you know a lot of the latest developments and and provide to, to uh, try to provide a little commentary and, and uh, guidance on some of the most uh, interesting and hottest new stuff. Excellent. Always a pleasure to have you on TNT. Folks, you can find us on the web, twit.tv slash TNT. Give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW. Leave us a voicemail, or you can uh, send us a voicemail as an attachment, or just write us a regular old email to TNT at twit.tv. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.